Welcome to the Readings Podcast, a celebration of books. I am Nico Callaghan. In today's episode, we have a conversation between Raymond Gator and his nephew Ari, looking at a lovely new photography book, Heart Middle Park, which focuses on the inner south suburb of the same name. As far as books examining this city of Melbourne go, one could think we're spoilt for choice from every angle, be it suburbia, Christography, Eclectic Carlton, Old Vintage Melbourne, but I would wager that each of these volumes offers something of note and distinction about the locales and the eras they cover. Hart Middle Park is a welcome addition to the artistic documentation of this city from the lenses of people who are, above all, passionate and community-focused about the unique places that make it up. I'll hand over to Raymond Gator to get the conversation going. I'm Ray Gator. People uh, listening to this podcast uh, will probably know me through Romulus, my father, and perhaps after Romulus. And I'm delighted today to introduce my very talented nephew. I have to declare that he's my nephew by virtue of marriage. He's produced a book of gorgeous colour photos, and the book is called Heart Middle Park. And as the title suggests, it's a book of affection for Middle Park. And like all good lovers, he's attentive to what he's in love with and not focusing on himself. The book doesn't even have his name on the cover, (laughs) so he'll probably say little about himself. But we go back quite a long way. In fact, even artistically, we go back a long way. In the late 1980s and early 90s, my wife, Yael, his aunt, had a market stall at Victoria Market given to us by Ari's grandfather, Yael's father, where we sold pullovers, shirts, various odd things. And every so often we rope the kids in to do some work uh, with us and help us out. And Ari did that, that his attention uh, was less on selling shirts than it was on advertising them. So he then would often sit in a great tin box that was there in which our clothes had been stored and so on and advertise our wares, one shirt for $12, two for $10, $15, and so on and so on. I, I hope it might be true, wish it might be true, that his artistic inspiration might have started in, in those days. So he's produced this really beautiful book, calls it a coffee table book, which it is in one way, but unlike a lot of coffee table books, it's a really wonderful size. I measured it, 22 centimetres square for the boomers who live in Middle Park and who aren't up with centimetres. It's about 8.5 inches square and are really easy to hold so you could read it in bed. And I was really struck by how beautifully it was produced because the pages fall open so nicely in your hand. So it's a wonderful production as well as obviously the the photos being uh, wonderful. Ari describes it as Middle Park, that is, as probably one of the most livable suburbs in the the most livable city in the world, or a city that's often been called the most livable city in the world. And as I was looking at it through these pictures, I 
because I often go to Europe so often, I'm more, more than a little conscious of immigrants coming to this country. I, I, I thought, my gosh, if, if this book were in a London bookshop, for example, we'd have an enormous backlog of immigrants coming to, <laughs> to what they would regard when they saw the photos in this book as a real paradise. I'll turn over to, to Ari now and we'll just go through some simple things like tell us where Middle Park is. Well, Middle Park in Melbourne is amongst the Bay and Old Park Lake. So we've really got that little nice little wedge and quite a small area in between obviously St Kilda then and Albert Park. So we are in that little middle section, which makes, I think, the area so unique and so beautiful. And so why did you decide to make a book out of the photographs that you had taken? Well, I've been using, well, bringing, trying to bring the community to life um, actually through Instagram, which is where um, Heart Little Park started. And then having them all in the digital space, I felt really they're bringing that to life and making it physical into something a little bit more permanent and not having to look necessarily always at the little squares was my idea of bringing it to the book. So I went out to the followers and, and brought up the suggestion, what do they think? And there was a resounding yes. So that's when I started on the mission in speaking with printers, making sure I could get this printed locally, carbon neutral, and feature all the shots that um, really are so beautiful. The look and feel, I guess, on Instagram was trying to bring the place to life in a space city digital. So using a lot of those sort of Instagram feels to help bring a bit of modernity and a bit of difference to the shots and making sure that we're looking at, you know, what's a beautiful suburb at different angles as well in that sense. So bringing those together gives it a bit more of that sort of well, Instagram feel, but a bit more of that filtered look without overdoing any filters. One of the things that struck me about some, of, not all, but some of the photographs is that they have the quality of a painting. One of my favourite photographs in, in the book is of people at a cafe. It has a kind of Renoir quality. Mm. Uh, there's a woman with a red hat and it almost looks just like a dab of colour that a painter might have put there. Was that intentional or was it just the way things often happen on Instagram? It's Well, it's the way I think it sort of happens in capturing some of the moments, which is really what it is. The shots aren't there planned, they're more about capturing what, what's here and now in that sense. And it's, it's interesting because so many people say in some of the shots, oh, it looks like a painting, is that a painting? Whether that's an Instagram thing or just, I think, the, the natural sort of capture that happens, whether it's the lighting or, or the angles that they do that. But it, it is funny when you look at some shots, particularly when you see them in the in the flesh when they're bigger in the book. It is yeah. It does bring some of that to life, doesn't it? There are a couple there that I immediately thought of, of Edward Hopper. Again, one of my uh, favourite photographs in the book of people standing outside, but it has a kind of Hopper, Hopper quality. Do you think that's just, as it were, a cultural subconsciousness coming out? I think it is a bit in that so many people see yeah. so many different yeah. things in each of the images and photos, which I do love, whether it's remembering what, what the building was prior to or, or recognising someone or, or in that sense. I, I think it might be a combination. I'm interested in that because in the case of books I've written, I've often come to see... Uh, different things in the book than I had ever thought I had put in it. 
Only very occasionally I think, no, no, that's not right, that's not there, you know, you're just projecting all your own fantasies into the book, etc. Generally, I don't feel that. I feel, yeah, well, okay, that, that's one aspect of the way in which we read life differently. Has this happened to you? Absolutely, especially when people comment on images, in, like photos in the book in that sense and um, see something, whether it's themselves or something else in there, um, I look at it again and I go, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that now or I didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't intend to intentionally capture that, which I do love because then, you know, it enables you to look more into the picture and every picture, as they say, corny as it is, tells a story. And I think they tell a story differently for the different people and the different people who, who view them, particularly those who know the area in that sense as well or, or grew up in the area or know people there as well. Do you feel in the, that in these various stages you've come to see it differently, perhaps even more truly? I think that's a really good point. I think I have because at each stage there's been more, I guess, knowing of the people, more more two-way communication in that sense as well. And even when first delivering the books when they first landed for all those people that supported and you know, pre-ordered, so it's lovely to actually they'll say every morning we look at we look in to see what's happening and it's our highlight of the day or a nice check-in. Um and to me that sort of showed, particularly during COVID, that brought a lot of community together through the platform. All the way through, it's really been a, a space where people share their their passions around the place. And I think doing that through photography is is a really nice way of of capturing it because then to your point, it lets people see it in different ways. Yeah. Well, photography in this respect, I imagine, is quite different from writing. Well, I'm not sure, but let's say to what degree you wonder whether you can see Middle Park as it really is, or do you now see it always through the colours, slightly heightened colours and so on, which photography always introduces, certain kinds of angles which you never quite see in life because... Mm. I think so, because I do wander the hood looking at, you know, beautiful spots and spaces to, you know, capture in that sense and looking at it differently. I mean, I always think it's always important to walk and, you know, view the environment and take the time to bend there. But then capturing some of those beautiful moments does make me look a little bit differently at it, maybe a little bit more rose lens at the same time but also when you do capture real beauty and then you get the I guess some of the responses from that you you realize that it's beauty in in many people's eyes yeah perhaps it's a bit harder to work out you know when you're seeing things through rose-colored glasses or where you than it is in the case of literature one of the things I want to ask is, is is about the diversity of the area it struck me looking at a lot of the photos are of young people that's what I love about the area is that the mix of those that have lived here for decades, like a few of my neighbours around the place that literally moved in here in the 20s and had bought the place for $20,000 and live here and love it versus the mix that, you know, young parents, young families are coming in and protecting the homes with the heritage overlay. That means that everything looks like we've almost stepped back in time. And then I also love the juxtaposition of some of the extensions, which can be a little bit controversial, but making those those modern extensions, I guess, is part of what the neighbourhood is becoming, which yeah. is that, that that clash of, you know, the nonners, the 
growing their lemons and their fruits and their and that have family on every street corner, as well as the new young parents and a few boomers and newer boomers coming in. And they're young at heart, and that's probably why you can't pick them up in the photos, but they're there as well. And that's what I try to catch up in the, the breadth of it, because it is such a diverse yet tiny little suburb. Tiny, but it has a village feel about it, perhaps much more, I think, than its neighbours. Albert Park mm. and St Kilda, which doesn't have a village feel at all to it. Do you think that village feel is part of what makes it so attractive and do you think it's what made you have this attachment that you so obviously have and shows so beautifully? I mean, I mean, the love of the place shows so beautifully in your photographs. I wonder if it's in part because it has this village quality. I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got a very small village where all our shops are located, just along Armstrong and Richardson, and such a diverse mix of shops, which all the locals do congregate with. I think we should always shop more locally. We always can. But then it's the community around us that helps bring it together. I mean, it's not everyone that says hi, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that bring the community together, whether it's the school, the shops. and But I felt at the time having something that we can feel proud of and, and showcase and, and share with, with the rest does that as well and helps the community, bring community pride to it, which is really, you know, what I try and do both on Instagram but particularly on the book. Yeah. And there's that very long list of names uh, at the end. Oh, yeah. They're all the followers. So, you know, everyone wants their name in the book and I thought this is a nice opportunity to celebrate the followers um, oh. and stuff. The book was in production for a little bit, so I had to extend a number of pages for it. <laughs> But over, I think, 5,000 now, you know, not, not huge in Instagram terms, but there's 4,000 people in Little Park, so it's not too bad in, in that sense. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And thank you to Raymond Gator and Ari from Heart Middle Park. The book itself is available from readings in store, be it at our St Kilda store down by the sea next to Middle Park, one of our leafy eastern suburb shops in Hawthorne, Malvern or Doncaster, one of our CBD locations, or at our first store in Carlton. It's also available online at our website, where you can stream previous episodes of the Readings Podcast. You'll also find all kinds of other recommendations for great music, film, and TV. You can also sign up to eNews, or to receive our free monthly newsletter, The Readings Monthly. The Readings Podcast is produced by me, Nico Callaghan. The show's music is by Tom Hoskins. All episodes of this show are recorded and produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I would like to acknowledge traditional owners of this land and to pay my earnest respects to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you for listening.